0: from the very first prototype. It was all built on the scalable technologies. It wasn't a non-negotiable thing, primarily because of my prior experience. I saw that work at scale and I knew where we are heading. So there was no point to build something simple to just struggle later on. And it helped us tremendously. You know, the very first prototype, the real uh, POC we engaged, guess what? The requirement was Oh, can you monitor this table? It has 100 million records and 8,000 attributes. All and Jason. I'm like, okay, that was a good choice. My name is Max Lukachev. I'm co-founder and CEO of Telmine. This is Code Story,
1: a podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry. And build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Lappart. And today, how Max Lukachev gift-wrapped the central way to observe your data without a single line of code. All this and more on Code Story. Max Lukachev is a deeply technical guy, which means his hobbies have been related to tech since the early days. He's a PhD in computer science, and has always been interested in building things. In fact, in his words, he's been building drones since back before they were cool. Overall, he likes to figure out how things work. But outside of tech, he's a family man and makes sure that his kids have all kinds of STEM tools. After spending decades in the enterprise data space, Max experienced firsthand the struggles around data anomaly detection. He constantly lived in escalation mode and saw firsthand that traditional rules and static dashboard-based solutions were failing today's data needs. He set out to be part of the solution. This is the creation story of Telmai.
0: Telmai is a data monitoring platform. What it means is it can monitor data anywhere in the pipeline left side of the pipeline or the delivery, the right side of the pipeline. It can connect to anything, databases, data warehouses, uh, even streams of data. And it don't, not only focuses on the high-level signals, the pipeline operation, that would be the volume of the data delivered, the timeliness of the data, the schema, and any problems with that. But it also looks deep into the quality of the data. How accurate are the values in the received data, in the received records? Are they valid? Are they fresh? Monitoring all of those aspects, you know, distribution streets. You know, classically, data quality was approached through rigid rules. You know, people were setting up rules or call it expectations about the data. But as we go in the scale and the number of data sources, amount of data itself, this becomes non-scalable, right? So we really focus on making possible to detect problems in the data without relying on the rules only yet allowing users to provide their uh, definitions of expectations, but trying to automate as much as possible.
1: Tell me about the MVP, Max. So that first product you built, how long did it take you to build and, and what sort of tools did you use to bring
0: it to life? This is actually very funny. The very first MVP was assembled really without a lot of technology. So what we, from the very early days, I, I realized, okay, I, I had experience in my previous companies working with different clouds. All we are building is, uh, it's a cloud software, right? And I had experience working with Google, with Amazon, and I really like the offerings from the GCP from Google because of the ease of assembling, assembling stuff uh, quickly, you know, great products, BigQuery, Dataproc, uh, Dataflow. Our first MVP, you know, we chose to start working, uh, building on the Google platform because of, again, out-of-the-box tools and uh, systems available. So we built it very simple. We built a very simple pipeline with Dataflow, delivering data in the BigQuery, and visualizing this on top of the BigQuery using Data Studio. I really wouldn't call it a product. It was a, a solution built from the kind of Lego box, trying to combine those three tools together but it worked tremendously well at scale. It was fast enough, and we started showing the idea of what my is to our customers, just to get the feedback, to understand what the customers need, so to show them how much garbage is in their data. It was always eye-opening. Like people think, well, I may, be, I may be doing okay. I haven't had a data monitoring software before until they see how much actually garbage there, how much impact it actually does. This was very helpful. So the MVP wasn't actually, it wasn't even the monitoring system in, in that sense. It was just a collection of dashboards and analytical engine inside, which allowed us to start just explaining the concept. And then we started building the actual proper product. Well, that's interesting. So
1: with that portion of the product, which was just you know analytics and dashboards and illustrating the point of the data, um, how did you come about making that decision? And, I, and I'm curious, kind of, I'll ask that in more of a, a broader way. Tell me about decisions and trade offs you had to make in, in more detail of that one or other ones and how you coped with those decisions.
0: We just philosophically decided to kind of abstract from what everyone else is doing and follow what our customers want. Being in the listen mode for as long as possible, trying to capture that pattern of uh, what's common between the customers. And that's what we did basically. Uh, Having these dashboards in hand, it was just an opportunity to be in the conversation. And we started capturing, okay, they talk about being overwhelmed with number of dashboards. Okay, it has to be proactive. It has to be monitoring system, which alerts early. They talked about providing the, the manual feedback, the rules versus fully automatic detection of the problems. Okay, great, gives an idea What what is the workflow there, you know, where artificial intelligence should help, where the rules uh, should excel, and, and so on. One thing which we had in mind right up front and which wasn't up to debate is being in the cloud and scalable for any volume of data. We defaulted from the very beginning, we are not gonna do sampling it should be a self-service tool which doesn't require heavy configuration right these will be kind of the foundation and then back on top of that we started just listening for customers hearing their feedback you know what makes sense what does not and just started translating into the product so you're at that point you've built
1: the dashboards collecting the analytics to tell you know, to tell the potential customers the the garbage they have in their system, right? How did you progress the product from there? How did you mature it? What did you, what else did you build? And And I'm curious to wrap that in a box a little bit. I'm curious how you built your roadmap and how you decided, how you went about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build.
0: We kind of gauged what customers are more excited about. And that part was really this continuous monitoring. It was our hypothesis initially. We knew that we are building the monitoring system, but we, we needed a, a strong validation of that. And once we got this strong validation, we just went full throttle building. If you're building the monitoring system, the dashboard is not going to be sufficient. It has to be a system with a rich analytics which runs on the backend and generates alerts and presents the findings to the user in, in a nice, understandable manner. So at that point, we realized, okay, the dashboard, like the, our initial approach with this rigid data studio dashboards, which was really a hack, is not going to make it. So we will start building the proper UI using React and all the modern software to make a nice experience. The user experience, it was another thing. Through these conversations, we found that user experience is crucial. The software which helps people finding problems in the data should be fast easy to understand, easy to use, and present a lot of evidence in a very consumable package. Okay,
1: let's switch to team then. So how did you go about building your team? And what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you?
0: Apart from the product, if you ask me what I'm the most proud of is, uh, is really the team. We started going through our network, a team of people who would want to join us on this journey, fun experience in the startup, and so on. So yeah, we had a lot of friends helping us, basically. But then we started growing and starting hiring from outside. But still, a lot of those are either personal network or references from the personal network. Uh, What I'm looking when building the team is really that ability to wear multiple hats and be an owner. Uh, This is the most critical part. Uh, people who have the drive, who don't want to uh, work on a task but rather own a problem, solve the problem. This, you know, curiosity—that's what really makes a great startup person. Okay, let's
1: switch to scalability. You know, given your answers to the previous questions, I could I could guess where you're gonna go here, but I wanna I want ask it generically. Was this built to scale efficiently from day one, or are you fighting this as you grow and gain traction?
0: No, actually from the day one, from the very first prototype, it was all built on the scalable technologies. We use Spark, we use auto-scaling policies and everything. So it wasn't a non-negotiable thing, primarily because of my prior experience I saw that work at scale and I knew where we are heading. So there was no point to build something simple to just struggle later on. And it helped us tremendously. You know, the very first prototype, the real uh, POC we engaged, guess what? The requirement was oh, can you monitor this table? It has 100 million records and 8,000 attributes, all and JSON. I'm like, okay, that was a good choice surprisingly to us because it was the first real stress test of the system, it worked. This gave us a lot of confidence in all of the decisions we made up front because as a startup founder you you always are debating like I have this budget, I have this always lack of money should I go for something super simple just to you know show an idea or should I like invest more and do it a proper way and there is no right answer, you have to Follow your gut feel, like depending on the industry you are in, depending on the type of use case you will be solving, one or another way uh, will work. Or sometimes, like, you can save something on the UI, you know, shortcut it on the UI, but on the back end, you, you, you have to have the right stuff from the way you, from the day one. But again, there's no universal advice here. It's like, as a startup founder, this is the hard question you have to figure out.
1: Okay. Well, Max, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of?
0: One thing would be the product that being such an early stage startup, we were able to build technology, which does scale so well and is able to really bring value to our customers. Something that like this wow effect. When when I'm on the conversation with our users, and I hear, it's like, wow, this is so helpful. It gives me so much power to do my job. This is like the great feeling. But this is just one part of the story. Second one is really building that you know, amazing group of people who are, it's a small company. It's a small group of people, but motivated, excited, eager, and curious people to, to solve this problem. That, that's another thing, like product and people. Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake
1: you made and how you and your team responded to it.
0: When you have early conversations with your customers and potential customers, and uh, you feel they're excited and they try to move you to one way, you are like, yeah, I will follow. I will just build something for them so I can sell it faster, you know, that's a done deal. But sometimes it's not. And we did some missteps there. Uh, We built something that wasn't necessary. So I won't say it was a total waste of of time, but we could have been more broad in the approach of of the problem, like analyzing more customers rather than going deeper too soon. Probably the biggest mistake is building stuff too early until you have a very solid validation that's gonna suck. We recovered from that very quickly. We realized that we are going uh, a little bit too deep for one customer who even didn't convert. So it wasn't a lot of harm done. But this is one thing, if you ask for advice to other founders, just be super careful about it. Like, Don't be misguided by the false signals, right? Sometimes you have to be just pause for a second and ask yourself a question. Is it really that generally applicable to everyone, to everyone whom you're trying to solve? Be hard on yourself trying to, you know, really be the devil's advocate here. Like, should I go there? Is it too early to go there? You don't have a lot of signals, yet you have to do something. You have to move fast, right? And like in the lack of signals, you will make mistakes. Like take it as a granted. You will make mistakes. Your job is to figure it out early. Are you going the right path? And if you are not, just change it. Change the course.
1: What does the future look like for Telmai, the product, and for your team?
0: We are on a good track right now. We are we have very exciting customers with great use cases and a lot of interest from the industry, uh, from the type of the customers we are working with. It's all enterprise, very interesting problems they are trying to solve. But basically being a solution to their data quality problems. Really, our goal is to reduce their impact impact of the bad data right make their life happier with that okay
1: let's switch to you max who influences the way that you work name a person you look up to or many persons or something you look up to and why
0: i was again lucky to work with a lot of great people through my career one of the biggest influence was probably when i joined uh, Viva. You know, one phrase which stuck up in my mind is persistence will pay off. This was a phrase uh, printed on a water cooler in the office. It helps me keep going really, right? In the life of a startup, there was it's basically a roller coaster. Like there's ups and downs all the time. Today you have a good day, tomorrow it's horrible. If you just focus on what you're doing, you have a goal in your mind. For example, for me, I'm doing it for my customers, right? I want them to have the best experience to solve the hard problems, the hard problems they face every day. And this is my goal. So I just stick to that. No matter how bad day today is or how good day today is, I'm just keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing for that goal. In the end, all the success was because of that formula. Just keep doing what you believe in.
1: So we talked about a mistake earlier, but this is a little different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach?
0: For the startup, it's very important when to accelerate. It's bad if you do it too early and it's bad if you do it too late. So finding that right balance, just be always on the lookout, get all the signals possible. Is it the right time to start building? In my case, I did some mistakes in the very beginning. I started building a little bit too early. I recovered from that. I realized that it was the case. Uh, So no harm was done. But I see this all the time. This is probably the most common mistakes startup people do. They start pumping money into stuff too early. When there is no solid signal or solid validation of the idea yet. I mean, not the idea in general, but the features that has to be built.
1: Okay, Max, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world and can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit, several times?
0: Believe in what you do, believe in your team, support each other and don't give up. There will be people who will tell you this is a total bad idea or it's not worth anything. But if you believe in it, if you have a vision, stick to that. Just against all the odds, keep doing. It. There's only one person or a couple person, just the founders, sometimes who know what they're doing. No one else knows better what they're doing.
1: That's great advice. Well, Max, thank you for being on the show today. And thank you for telling the creation story of Telma. Thank
0: you so much. Glad to be here.
1: And this concludes another chapter of Coat Story.